If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Marleya. Are we on? We are on. Oh, listen to me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, right? Everybody listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's spring break. It is spring break. Woohoo! And we're drinking sex on the beach. Bartender Courtney hooked us up. Cheers. We are quickly. Well, I've already quickly. had one sex on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Wish I could have said that about my vacation. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say anything. Never mind. I, I was going to take, <laughs> take a completely new direction. We don't oh, want to go there. I'm fascinated now. <laughs> oh, please tell. Oh, my goodness. We uh, Yeah, so bartender Courtney made us sex on the beach. It's the end of spring break. We did spring break. Good yes. for us. Woohoo! Yay! Now, a couple more weeks of school. Two months, really. Yes. And a bunch of things, but something exciting coming up that happened to us is that we got invited to do Pod X. Yes. Um, at the end of May. So let me pull up those dates real quick. We May are 31st. doing. Yes. Thank you. The uh, a live show um, in Nashville, uh, May 31st through June 2nd. Live uh, show. Woohoo. We don't know exactly the date or the time, but if you want to come see us live and live around the Nashville area, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you can sign up. You can put in, enter the code STRANGE at checkout and get like 10% off your tickets there. And you can pay a little extra. We might actually come and sleep on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as there's booze, we're, we're good. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a question. I mean, no, well, like, just it's, hush, it's, hush to the pod X people. But it really, like, yeah, it is because there is like a no alcohol policy. So yeah, there's going to have um, to be some loading up beforehand. And like loading. Trying, yeah, and trying yeah. to. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, Courtney, Courtney is a, she's super gifted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the friends that you want to have. Man, really. I swear. Because I can't do this sober and I definitely <laughs> no, can't do it in, in front of other people. Right? sober because it's very much like you know the pod basement is dark and we have our drinks and it's a safe place it is a safe place there's a candle right there's fairy lights there's fair yeah what more could you ask blue it is like we're podcasting from a womb (laughs) (laughs) the pod womb Man. Well, that just. Yes. <laughs> As you can tell, we already. We took a, a preliminary shot. <laughs> you can see shot. what our faces look like if you want to pop over to Instagram right now. Exactly. Uh, uh, of moonshine. And then I've already been through one sex in the beach, like I said. 
So feeling fine, feeling fine right now. So yes, PodX, so super excited. It's going to be our first live show, which is kind of like paper bag breathing into panic Mm. time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're only, we've only been doing this for like maybe three months. Maybe. Yeah. And like I said, in the safety of our own private area. So this is going to be kind of a new experience for us, um, taking our very young podcast and doing it at the Music Center, Nashville Music Center. That sounds really fancy. It does sound very fancy. And the podcast, Pod X, is actually like a podcasting conference. So they're going to have tons of people who do podcasts there and several live shows. Um, so it's going to be like a great, like if you're interested in podcasting, if you like podcasts, it's going to be a great place to be. Um, and I think this may be like their second or third year actually doing this. So it's a pretty young conference Mm -hmm. itself. Um, but there are, there are tons of people who are doing live shows and they actually, they haven't even populated the entire live show list. Not even nearly. I don't think No. So yeah, there are a whole bunch of podcasts represented Mm -hmm. and it's different genres and everything. So we're very excited, very humble to be asked. Well, actually, we submitted. I, I don't want to like sound like they act. They sought us out. We they actually like head headhunted us. They're right, like, oh, no. we've heard about these <laughs> random chicks in Alabama pod woman. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. But <laughs> no, no, we submitted. We were still chosen. So right, that's pretty awesome, right? It was, right, you know, I thought, you know cold day in hell that they would select us but I know, patrice is like should i throw us in for this i mean it's not gonna happen we might as well <laughs> we didn't even check the dates we actually no. had conflicts and didn't know because we we're did. like oh there's no way in hell we're gonna we're having to like thing. really yeah shuffle and apologize to people for missing things we love you patrice's mom yes my mom's 70th birthday i'm gonna have to miss but it's okay it's like like i got her blessing she's like go for it kick ass and like thank you oh man so. That's like she's she's like a model of moms she, that way, right? She, that way, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> That's absolutely. awesome. Go mom. Go mom. One thing also I want to say, um, I haven't listened. Usually I'll listen to like I'll have our podcast running just in the background because we had so much problems with the sound early on. And I can still go in and try to fix a few things if I want to spend some time on. Um, but it's usually hard to. Anyway, so since we got the sound fix, I haven't really listened to like replayed it much to see how our sound levels were. And, um, and y'all, if you ever have a problem with our sound levels or something weird happens, let us know. And I can go back in and try to fix it and just re-upload it for future listeners. Um, but anyway, (laughs) I can't remember. I went second last time. So I'm a fast drinker. (laughs) (laughs) And I was very well lit. (laughs) Uh, as I'm approaching now that peak level right now, but <laughs> during the second, since I went on second for our last episode and, uh, when you were talking about the praying mantis, mm-hmm. I said the praying mantis, menace, <laughs> the praying like, menace, <laughs> and I'm sure I mispronounced several things, but nobody called me out on it. You didn't call me out on it. So I was like, okay, I'm cool. I said it right. <laughs> but I kind of was listening to it and I was like, praying menace. And I was like, okay, that, that was not me. So. I just picture like a room full of old ladies with their brows furrowed like <laughs> i'm gonna pray ill on you um 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Jesus Christ. You know, it's like the number of times this week I've had to say like, okay, it's not always going to reach the level of the fucking alien story. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I just, I just flared up. I'm going to burn early. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the end. (laughs) I I don't think so. I I think it's like a roller coaster. I think there'll be like really good ones and really, you know, ones that we don't love so much. And a lot of the times the ones that we think are kind of blah we'll have somebody write in and say oh i love that story and oh, by yeah. the way so and so and i'm like oh that's great because i w- wasn't really attached to that story <laughs> or i thought i didn't do a good job on it or didn't, something we used to say that was kind of unfair because i write poetry and patrice is a designer and we used to like we used to talk back and forth about this that like you create something that you feel like is just the most monumental like important the thing that you're so fucking proud of right and like Crickets, crickets. When you release it, yes. crickets. And you know, then like you put like together, I know. <laughs> and then you put together this one that's just like slipshod, just like fuck. I gotta get it done tonight. I gotta get it done tonight. Fine, take it. Fine. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, "This is so amazing." And you're like, "Fuck you guys, <laughs> man." Like, <laughs> that's exactly that is the truth. I feel it, man. Poetry month is starting. I'm mm-hmm. doing like 30 days of poetry starting Woo. tomorrow. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, I ain't ready for this shit. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good way to be. You'll be in fresh and if you're not feeling it maybe it'll be yeah man something that people respond to that's amen 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 all right any other postmortems oh oh i wanted to to throw out a quick shout out because um last weekend we went into birmingham to a place that I had heard of a couple times and had never gotten a chance to go to. I would have loved to have been at... Wait, I need to make sure I get the name right because I keep on saying it wrong. I would have loved to have been at the Queer History South Conference, which was like inaugural event in Birmingham last weekend. Shout oh, it out was to actually y'all. in Birmingham? Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, But it was sold out by the time I even knew it was happening. But like, you know, keep your eyes on that. It's like an Invisible Histories kind of promoted thing. So um, follow them. But... Um, no, we ended up in Birmingham to go to see the Birmingham Oddities Shop. Cool. Really? We were in Birmingham to get pre-sale tickets to see Jason Isbell in Muscle Shoals in October. And we were like, oh, what are we going to do in town while we're here? And so we went to our favorite bar, which is the Paramount, which is a barcade. Because, you know, who doesn't love a barcade? Right. And... um then we went down. I was like, oh, Birmingham Oddities. I've heard of this place a billion times. Why don't we just walk? It's like four blocks down, maybe. And um, so it's on first in Birmingham. It's this teeny tiny shop, and it's only open for a few hours on Saturdays. And it is filled with weird ass shit. <laughs> so if you live anywhere near there, just hit up. I told my friend Thomas about it last weekend after we went. Like, I went Sunday and I saw him, and I was like, oh, we went to this place. And he's like, oh my God, I have to clear my calendar and go. And like, he told me all about it this morning. He's like, I seriously went. He took his, his son. His son and my daughter were sitting next to each other saying, we're going to bring all our birthday money to this shop. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they have a, a terrarium that's filled with like flesh eating insects because they are clean cleaning off skeletons in the shop and my daughter's like oh i'm in heaven (laughs) um i love her to death man she's the weirdest weirdo of my entire family and she's the super best um yes so uh yeah birmingham oddities all kinds of i mean i can't even i can't even describe like brains and bottles doll heads like weird ass shit right and definitely worth a stop and i hear rumors that there is a massive private collection like in the back that i'm gonna Mm. see if i can maybe reach out and get some access to (laughs) 
That would be amazing. But we went there and then on our walk back to our car, we went into uh, Read Books, which is just around the corner from there, which is another amazing place you want to hit in Birmingham if you're interested in this kind of stuff. Like used bookstores, used bookstores. Awesome, right? This Mm -hmm. is like used bookstore floor to ceiling shit. And the guy you walk in, he asks you what you want. He tells you exactly where it is. And if he can't find exactly what it is, he'll hunt around with you. Like he had a 20 minute conversation with my eight year old trying to find Nicholas Nickleby. So, I mean, like they have all kinds of stuff. And if you follow us on Instagram, there was a random ass ad that I posted from Fate magazine oh, that yes. I bought. He has like a collection of 20 Fate magazines oh, wow. that um, he's got in his shop. He's got a huge like paranormal and sci-fi section in the back. Yes. And he also has a bathroom, <laughs> which we were in desperate <laughs> need of at the time. That's always what you look out for. And the one. bathroom has a mannequin with a random mask on it and a wall sized poster of Cher from some fitness video she released in the 80s. <laughs> I oh, mean, it's wow. like it's awesome. <laughs> so definitely hit up Reed books if you're in Birmingham these are all free man I just like these people and I right. want you to go yeah, not like sponsors. see them we don't do yeah we don't we don't have really sponsors except come on fucking James but um <laughs> so uh yeah so those are my shout outs for this week good deal but this is bad man I already have to pee I've like drunk <sighs> all of this fucking do you want to take a break before we start or is that wanna... okay can yeah. we okay we're gonna take a break real quick all right, so I am first this week, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like all about the story earlier this week, and I watched a little like episode on it, and now it's like my brain's not really wanting to focus. Yeah, sorry for the delay. Yes. I had like vomiting children no, involved in my life. Do not apologize, but it's just my brain. Um, I should have been much more on it. So this week. I am talking about the Corpsewood Manor murders. <gasps> There's a manor called Corpsewood. It was named that before there were murders in it? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back in the 70s, there was a professor named Charles Scudder. And for his 50th birthday, um, he wanted to quit his job as a professor of pharmacological uh, studies at Loyola University in Chicago and move him and his partner, uh, Joseph Odom, and his two Mastiff dogs to <laughs> a 40-acre plot of land in northwest Georgia. Have either one of y'all heard about? Okay. Good. No, I've not Yay. heard of this. So he's from... But so he's, he's from Chicago. Okay. And he was a professor. Um, heyday back in the 60s. LSD. All up in it. Okay. <laughs> And that was kind of the rumor. So they moved down. His his uncle had died and left him a bunch of money. So he took this money and he bought these 40 acres in Georgia. And they like got a, um, a mobile home and they lived in it. And they proceeded to build this manor themselves. So the manor that was built on this 40 acres of land had, it was, it's, there's pictures of it. It was brick. It was gorgeous. Um, or maybe not gorgeous. It was unique, right? Okay. <laughs> it, it was huge. It was it was striking. Okay, um, and they built it by hand. They had no electricity, no running water. Oh, um, they had a well on the land that they got their water from. But the purpose was to basically live off the grid because they used all of their money to buy the land and purchase the materials to build the house. So they had gardens. They had. Uh, a vineyard they made their own wine they picked their own um 
vegetables. This and they, is, I'm just like only two gay men are going to do this with their mastiffs. And <laughs> right. In this, you know, rural place mm-hmm. in Georgia. And let me talk about uh, Dr. Scudder for a second. So, you know, he was in his 50s since he started doing this. Uh, he was known to have, like, dye his hair purple and keep a pet monkey. So he was very eccentric. Oh, wow. He was very eccentric. Um, and this... Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, this is my pet monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this kind of became... He was very much into the occult as well. Oh. So he collected items of the occult. And their decor pretty much represented this when they built the thing. So it, it was... And he wasn't, like, weird, like, antisocial. He was very much social. Like, the community really liked him. He was very personable. He was really wanting to talk to you. Um, welcomed, like, the hunters that wanted to hunt on their land. He gave them permission to and invited them to the house and everything. And they, you know, they collected antiques and um, different uh What am I trying to say? I just said the word. Brain just totally shut down antiques and and occult ah. they very much occult items um but they lived on the camper they built the place by hand he even like wrote an article for mother earth in 1981 about living off the grid and the place that they built oh there. cool so i totally very, want to see. i'm gonna have to look at pictures of this place. very monumental place <laughs> um they're two mastiffs that they had because he was so much into the occult um, their names are the Belzebub <laughs> and Arsenath. So one was the name of a demon, right? Mm-hmm. Belzebub. And the other one was a reference to an HP Lovecraft character. <laughs> so he, he was very much like, and it was kind of a tongue in cheek. Like he was interested in it, but he didn't take himself real seriously. Like it wasn't like robes and midnight ceremony kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but living, moving to the South, and, you know, one of the first things, if you're new in the South, the first things you could ask is who's your people and what church you go to. Mm-hmm. So he would always kind of... <laughs> or who you go for. You right. Go for. <laughs> right. And so, of course, tongue in cheek, he, he did study the occult and he was interested in all aspects of it. But tongue in cheek, he would always say he was a Satanist. <laughs> Which flew Wrong very well. Answer. But it was always, <laughs> yeah. He could but have just he, said a Catholic. I mean, damn. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, of course, you know, you have two in late 70s, early 80s, two gay men building a place out in the wilderness. One of them's collecting, or both of them, I guess, is collecting occult um decorations they had like a pink gargoyle and um (laughs) skulls everywhere and you know very gothic kind of laid out house uh he was more of an atheist than a satanist Mm -hmm. but he followed the um was it the levian principles with levian or levay he's the person like back in the 60s that wrote the satanic bible Mm. and it's very much of, it's not about Satan, like, hates God and Jesus and all those, you know, Christians and everything. It's more about um, the principle of doing what you want to do as long as you don't hurt other people. Oh. So it's it's nothing, like, very sinister. It's just a different kind of view of how to live um, opposed to, you know, 
Christian beliefs mm-hmm. of how to live. And, and that was it. But of course, people, they hear Satanist and the devil, and that's where it stops in their brains and yeah. stuff. So, you know, so he already had, like, moving down to the South, he already had, like, some things that would get some people talking. And just a little. Just, just a, a little. So there's all the time, you know, rumors um, coming around there. And so he built, they built this main house and filled it with all of this antique furniture. And then they had other outhouses that they built. And one of them was called outhouses or like, well, not in the literal sense of an outhouse, <laughs> but outbuilding. Yeah. Um, and one of the buildings that I'm sure they'd had to have an outhouse, right? Um, one of the, I guess uh, if they didn't have plumbing, like that was definitely yeah, part of it. So like, why would you want to do that in the South? Talk about like snake bit in the butt. Jesus, I mean, man. Yeah. I don't God. Know. <clears throat> so, they built like a three-story something they called the chicken coop or the chicken house. And on the third story, it was like their party room and it was called the pink room. And basically, and then you had to like climb like a 40 foot ladder to get up there. But it supposedly is where like they had all their parties and supposed orgies and did all their LSD and drugs. So, you know, (laughs) consensual stuff happening up there but very much up a 40 foot ladder you take a a bunch of mind altering drugs up a 40 foot fucking ladder I know that's just a recipe for disaster Uh, yes (laughs) I I don't understand the logistics of all of that but you know he was he wasn't really accepted but he like everybody liked him he was a nice guy they were and his partner um Joseph Odom he was younger than uh Scudder that was his name right yeah Scudder and he started out being like his, like, he was basically the housekeeper. He was, oh, okay. so he was the housekeeper. He'd cook the meals and everything. And, um, you know, like I said, they grew their own vegetables and were living a very kind of hippie commune life out there. Mm-hmm. And they had, like I said, people come around wanting to hunt. And one of those people was named Avery Brock. So Avery Brock is 17. Uh, Georgia-born hunter coming around. There's rumor to say that he propositioned them Mm -hmm. and um, they turned him down. And other rumors, again, you can read all different kinds of stories and who knows what is exactly true or not. But Avery, at the time, was living with a 29-year-old man named Tony West who was definitely homophobic. Oh. And Avery Brock told uh, Tony West about these two guys living out in the middle of the ro- woods in this mansion with all of this weird um, occult, satanic uh, decor and having like, I guess if you're living in rural Georgia, you know, and you see like a big mansion full of antique furniture, you're going to think the people are well off, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to connect that they're growing their own food and that they don't have plumbing or electricity. Um, He automatically assumed that they are for money Mm -hmm. and uh, that just wasn't the case. They, they didn't have buried money. They weren't living the luxury life. They were living a very, you know, down to earth, um, meager means life, but in a place of their choosing, basically. Mm. That monkey had to earn his keep. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He pulled carrots all day. All day. Yes. So on the night of December 12th, 1982, 
um, the two men picked up, and I don't know whose nephew this is. I think it may have been, um, uh, I think it may have been Avery Brock's. No, I think maybe, no, Tony West. Fuck, I don't know. One (laughs) One of the two men, the two hunters, went and picked up their nephew, Joey Wells, and his date, Teresa Hudkins. And this is the story that I saw on, like, investigative something or other, journal, investigative, something. <laughs> words. <laughs> Damn it. Insert words here. Insert words here. <clears throat> uh, it was actually Teresa's story that I watched. And it was very interesting. And I'll post a link because there is like a free version that you can go watch. And it has fucking commercials like every other minute. So it's a little bit annoying. But Oh you my can't... God, but 80s commercials. You can't get any better Well, it is that. not it's 80s like... commercials. Oh, man. I know. Oh, it's stupid, stupid syndicated commercials. commercials. Yes. So they were like they what had happened is joey um this is the first date with Teresa, and his car broke down so his uncle one of the two hunters says well we'll come pick you up and we'll come pick your date up and then we'll go to this party at these two guys house that we know oh my god and so they pick him up and she's like okay and of course you know they poor kid they drive out there oh nightmare right they drive out there and they're like what the fuck because there's no road leading up to it it's like you park out in the woods and you walk through the woods to get to the house because it's in the middle of nowhere and so they go in there and they meet dr scudder and he's very cordial he invites them in he shows them around he has homemade wine that they made from their vineyard and he offers it to them and so they're all drinking and the two hunters uh avery and tony uh have they had been like i don't know what the kids do huffing is that what it's called oh, so like it's like paint with, thinner yeah, paint. and yeah, yeah, yeah. some other brain melting stuff yeah. they've been doing that so they're all like you know they're partying drinking wine they go up to the chicken house they go up to the pink room and you know they're talking playing truth or dare or whatever it's very harmless it's nothing really sinister and he's just being a very gracious host and um Joseph goes back down to the kitchen while uh, Dr. Scudder stays up there, you know, with the boys and Teresa and, um, you know, talking and whatnot. And all of a sudden, Avery gets up and he's like, I'm going to go get some more beer out of the car, out of the truck. So he leaves and they're talking and they're having a good time and he's taking a while and Teresa, let me make sure, is that her name? Yeah, Teresa <laughs> is getting a little anxious. She's like, well, first of all, it's a it's first, first date. It's too, a first date. And she has like these older men and they take her to this party at this place in the middle. And being the only girl automatically, I mean, being the only young girl and you're climbing into a truck full of older men is, is sirens, enough to... Sirens. Yeah, yeah. red red alert right and then on top of that you go out and you're not knowing like if you're not prepared to go into or know the backstory about these guys living out in the middle of the woods you're like what the fuck is this to happen yeah um so she's very much on edge very much you know what the fuck and very much attuned to what everybody's doing and so avery goes out to the truck and he's gone for a while and then he comes back into the pink room he's carrying a shotgun 
And as soon as he walks in, Dr. Scudder's like, bang, bang. Because he's like, fucked up. He's like, he's like, bang, bang. You know? And <laughs> he's God. used to like having, you know, hunters around the territory, you know, around his house and stuff. So it's not like really a big deal. Mm-hmm. But they tie him up oh. and they how the fuck they get him down a 40 foot ladder tied up. <laughs> I don't know the logistics of, of all that, but they do. And they bring him into the house and Avery has already shot his um, spouse oh, no. in the kitchen and killed him. And of course he like is just devastated and they tie him up and they're asking him where the fucking money is because they believe that they're loaded and that they have all their cash with them on the property hello Mm. like anyway it's like who keeps cash i mean the people that i know that would think about keeping cash on the property definitely are not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to say this because this is horrible. Educated people, <laughs> you know. Um, so they were totally convinced that they had large stashes of cash because, you know, running water and electricity and a pooper, right? <laughs> um, growing their own. Oh, food. man. Yeah. So he comes in <clears throat> and he, like, keeps asking them where the money is. He doesn't tell them. And then he ends up shooting Dr. <sighs> Scudder. And so... They tear up the house. They tear up everything. Well, of course, Teresa is on her first fucking date. And she's like, what the fuck? And both of them, both her and her date, whose name is Joey, um, are like, what the fuck? You know? And just freaking out. And they're, you know, the two men are just, I don't know. They're insane. They are insane. And they're trying to... To find the money. They didn't find the money. They tear up the place. I think they take a couple of things, but there was nothing of real value that they could really turn around. Because, mm-hmm. again, no electricity, so no TVs, no jewelry. You're going to go fence some antique furniture? Yeah. Like, you know? Right? You know, human skull. <clears throat> what You know, whatever. But, um, so, they take Teresa over to, I don't know if it was Joey's mom's house, but she's like, they keep her. Because she gets scared that, that she's been witnessed. She witnessed a murder because they shot Dr. Scudder right in front of her. And the These really cool two, oh, thing about it is that he turned to her right before uh, they killed him. And he, he asked, he's like, and she said this because this was part of she was interviewed. She's like, he asked me if I was okay, if, if I was going to be okay. And he was very concerned about her and, and her, you know, how scared she was. Scudder was? Yeah, oh, right beforehand. Oh, and God. then they proceeded to shoot him right in front of her. And oh. so they kept her and she was like kept in this bedroom and they kept they gave her something and she doesn't know if she was drugged or not but she kept feeling very sleepy so she slept for several days afterwards and oh. she didn't know she could leave and she was scared for her life she was scared that they were going to get rid of her because she was a witness to this so she waited until they left um the house and then she ran to the sheriff's department and um before this though uh, one of their friends, one of the two, the couple's friends, um, had come up to the house the next day uh, to inform them that one of their other friends had died. And he walked into the room and saw like the whole mess and stuff. And so he ran and got the sheriffs. And so the sheriffs were up there and they were like, we're never going to fucking solve this mm. because 
there's who knows it's in the middle of nowhere anybody could have walked up you know it's just they were like very defeated from the get-go because of like there's no way that we can solve this basically and um because nobody hated them Mm -hmm. nobody had a bad thing to say about them other than just (laughs) maybe talking under the breath about like you know satanic orgies or something like that (laughs) but you know nobody was like you know saying that they have done anything bad to any it's all consensual mm-hmm. and stuff so everybody had good things to say about them uh the sheriff's de- department was like we're never going to solve this and then Teresa walks up to the sheriff's department and she's like i witnessed two men being shot and they're like yes good for her so she reported it but during this time um west and brock uh had already fled and um they went to they went to mississippi they went to like either a restaurant uh, stop or a gas station like in vicksburg mississippi and they were needing they had stolen scudder's car and they were needing a new car so unfortunately during this time navy lieutenant kirby phelps was at the rest stop there and they one of them thought that they were just going to like time up to a tree and take his car but the other one shot him and this was like right before christmas and he was married and had kids so they killed him fox for his uh for his vehicle and uh then they split up wes went to like chattanooga and the other one went maybe out west but west eventually like when he was in Chattanooga, um, he turned himself in and Brock actually like drove back to Georgia and surrendered to police on December 20th. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they turned themselves in, they have a witness. This, the, when the first thing happened, the murders, the murders, 82. Oh, 12th. So it was like eight days later. Oh, okay. And, um, and I think Teresa, like maybe like four days after it happened, she was like, I was like, how come her parents were like reporting her missing yeah, she or was anything asleep, or, uh, yeah. you know, after a date, especially. So I don't know. That was just weird. Huh. Uh, but I don't know all the details, like I said, but you know, she escaped after four days and went and told about the murders. Um, and the guys turned themselves in and of course it became like a media frenzy at that time. Cause again, early 80s satanic Satanic. cults big things and cat heads hanging in a cave yep all the things and you know since they were openly gay and it was still kind of a very iffy time um and they were interested in the occult and you know he was dabbling in the church of satan just to see what it was like but it was more like i said tongue-in-cheek um so it became kind of like this spooky area, this weird area that people kind of like were curious about, but then they, I'm sure they talked about it about too. Um, you know, I did not look up, I think the two men, um, I think one of them was on death row, but they got rid of it. And so they're both still in jail. Mm-hmm. They did get convicted of the murders. Um, and then Teresa and her Joey, um, were acquitted because they didn't have anything. They were just bystanders. They had nothing to do. They was not planned where the other two had planned to go in there to rob them. And um, people go up there and visit still. Shortly afterwards, it was like destroyed by fire. So a lot of the stuff 
um, was like vandalized. People went in there and stole all the stuff. Um, a lot of the uh, occult uh, decorations and things that he collected um, were valuable. There were some valuable stuff if you were in that market. Yeah, you know, uh, which of these interest, two dumbasses which would they never had no out fucking idea, right? Stuff. I'm and just like, oh my god, like, what kind of fucking idiots go and like, oh yeah, I'll pick you up and bring you and your date on my murder fucking spree? I don't like, know. What? You said they're huffing. I'm like, these, yeah. these two well, dudes are apparently fucking bottom of the brain food trust, chain. You know. Oh my god. But, um, yeah. So, that happened, then it burned down, and you can still go out there, and if you look, what is it, Atlas Obscura? Which yeah. is a fantastic we website. Love Atlas Obscura. Yeah, website. Did I say website? Right? I think I said website. Website. Yeah. It's okay. And thank you. Um, you can still go out there. It is on private property, but if you're very respectful and you don't fucking litter or be a dumbass and, <laughs> you know, whatever, they'll let you go up there and explore around... Um, the uh, Corpsewood Manor. Wow. And they named it, so Dr. Scudder named it Corpsewood Manor, and I didn't say this at the first, because when they first moved there, there was a lot of trees there that had died of a blight or something, and so it was like Corpse of Trees, and so that's how oh, they named Corpse it Corpsewood Manor. And it kind of fit along with like stuff that he was interested in. Aww. But yeah, you can, they give directions on how to go up there. You can go up there, and there's several pictures. You can see like the brick building Buildings and the chicken house and everything and um it's just a really sad unfortunate because they sounded like really fun people that they you did. would just like like hey let's go up this weekend and hang out with these guys because they have all of this cool shit in their house and it would just like seem like amazing even just to go see their how they like are gardening and being self-sufficient and living off the grid in the early 80s in the middle of Georgia. But I just, I had a moment. You were talking at the end of what you were saying. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, wait. You've been there? I've seen pictures of this place. So um, a lot of the kids that I know are, um, are, uh, drama fraternity kids here right. at JSU and a couple of years ago and I just went back to verify this a couple of years ago a bunch of them went on a field trip to a set of ruins somewhere in Georgia and I, I didn't know anything about it and so I was just mm-hmm. like I I didn't write it off I'd like they were they took photos and they were like and a bunch of the kids that I really knew well and um I can't believe it I'm looking back and these were all at Corpsewood Manor Oh, wow. They took a series of photos of photo shoots together at Corpsewood Manor. And one of the people that was involved in it was Alex McFry, who is doing the Viola movie that we um, have been pitching here. Yeah, Alex. And uh, he's one of the people that took the photos for this. I'll have to show them to you. But, it, uh, you know, ever since they... Ever since they posted these photos on Facebook, I've been like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to look up what that was. But I never did. Right. <laughs> so, no, yeah. No. Shout out to our kids. Good job, y'all. Absolutely. Oh, my God. That's so cool. So I guess you can. You can go as long as you're respectful. As long as you're respectful. And right. And you're not being an asshole. And knowing that you are on pro- uh, private property. But like they said, they's, they're like, as long as you're not an asshole, it's OK. You're, you know, they're not going to call the cops or come out with shotguns. Well, and luckily, you know, like this crowd that went up there, like they do things like this it's a sacred space right so i mean hopefully there are a lot of people that are going and, there and, and doing it that way like, right and and i think that there are oh man no. oh no 
now I want to know these people though. That's sad. No. Who's gonna? Oh my god! Like a three like level chicken coop with a party room at the top. And they made their own wine. I mean, <laughs> the world has lost lost a lot of good people this way. No, stupid. All right. Wow, I made that darker again. I'm good no, at this. No, it was a dark story. It's a dark story. It was a well, dark I'm story. I'm about to tell one too. So, man, I'm making up for Bombers. making up for last week. Wow, so. you like <laughs> another sex on the beach? Drink. Is there that. anything left in there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, all right. I had a hard time getting into any story when I was prepping for this week because seriously, like all right, after last week, I don't know how to go up from there. Um, <laughs> so I just, you know, like I said, I looked for spring break themed. Like I try and do a theme because like you got to have something like there's so many just bizarro stories you could look at. You got to have something to kind of like narrow your search. So I was like spring break theme. And all I find is like 70 year old woman, 17 year old woman falls to her death from hotel balcony like 50 times over. Mm. Um, or drowns in pool or drowns in pool or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's always something, something like right. so this is not that good. Man, I've drunk a lot, so there's not a really good segue. I'm just going to get into it. All Do right. it. So this happened in 1980. We're kind of, we're, we're kind 80s. of on a, okay, yeah. 80s themed this mm-hmm. week. We need to find some 80s theme music to, like, is it the Tetris? <laughs> to, like, what's, what's the Tetris theme song? Like, that's like, do, 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 that is the Hungarian. What is it? The Hungarian dances. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. We're in uh, February of 1980. On February 22nd, two-year-old Cassidy Johnson, whose nickname was Muffin, was staying with a babysitter while her parents went out digging worms to sell for bait. And when they came back, the baby wasn't acting well. So they took her to the doctor and a doctor um, diagnosed like uh, inflammation of the brain, like um, encephalitis. Yes. She died three days later. Shit. So they did an autopsy because it wasn't like there wasn't any really known reason why she would have this. And so the autopsy showed blunt force, blunt, (laughs) blunt force trauma. Good. They well, interviewed not good, the, but no, yeah. that's not good. No, that's not good, Patrice. No, I'm sorry, but it was like and they, um, pronunciation. I was like, they go. interviewed. I was apparently drunk when I wrote this. Also, because <laughs> all this is wrong. Um, they interviewed the parents. Of course, they're going to interview the parents, and they right. interviewed the babysitter, Christine Falling, who told them that the baby had fallen out of her crib when um, Christine was out of the room. And um, there were a couple people who were like, I don't know about that, but they didn't have anything besides he said. Right. She said, or, you know, she they said, said. Others said. Sorry. And, oh, hey, the heater's still on. Yeah, that's oh, thank you. Mm. But, um, so there was no way to pursue that. Um, but they might have if they had known a little bit more about Christine falling. So, um, Christine was born in, uh, 1963 in Perry, Florida. Her parents were, um, Anne, who was 16 at the time of Christine's birth and Thomas Slaughter, who was 65. What? Yeah. Holy so, um, what? Yeah. So Perry, Florida is in the panhandle. It's like East of Tallahassee. And like, all I could think of when I was researching this story was like the, 
I don't know. Ugh. I think a lot of the people who listen to this podcast already are from the South and understand the South, but... I mean, even people who understand the South don't necessarily understand, like, the endemic poverty that, mm. like, it's not like other places. Right. Like, if you're poor here, you can be poorer than you are in, like, any other, like, developed country. So, like, now in Perry, Florida, in, like, the counties surrounding Tallahassee, more than 30% of the children are under the poverty line. Wow. And, um, like, in, like we're not it's not the same thing i mean it's the panhandle and everything but like not that far north from there in south alabama there are counties like between selma and alabama there was a u.n poverty investigator that went to Lowndes county in alabama and said that he had not seen conditions like they had in the first world ever Mm -hmm. there's like there's like live sewage lines emptying into people's yards Mm. there's e coli there's like a hookworm epidemic down there because people don't have access to clean drinking water so i mean if we're we're talking poverty in the south y'all we're talking poverty in the south no running water yeah yeah i mean electricity yes and and you think like i think a lot of people probably think oh you know this is america yeah y'all this Mm. is america it's fucking happening here so um this in in the 60s, I'm just guessing, maybe this might have been the situation we're talking about. 16-year-old mom, 65-year-old dad. Mm. Um, and, God. and it happens, I mean, yeah, in, in poverty. I mean, incest mm. and, um, yeah, the very young getting pregnant by, yeah. Because what you going to do, man? Yeah. Like, what you going to do? Y- you so. have no outlook. I mean, you have no upward outlook on life. I mean, it's like. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And nobody going to look like Nobody's people aren't going to look for out you. for you. Mm-mm. Yeah. So um, her mother, Christine's mother, Anne, who was 16, would she she would just take off for like months at a time. And um, there there are like a couple accounts of like, OK, dad was violent. Um, but uh, it sounds like he took off before they even really right. knew who he was too much. Like she she ended up coming back because her. The mom, Anne, ended up coming back into the town because um, Thomas lost his job. He had, a, like, an accident. and um, But the kids ended up being shuffled around from family to family. This is how it works, you know? Right. I mean, like, your family kind of all lives in the same area. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to your aunt, you go to your grandmother, you go here and there um, when somebody can't take care of you. And finally, Anne just gave up and left Christine and her sister Carol on a bench at a shopping center. Dang. So there was um, another local couple, couple, um, the Fallings, Dolly and Jesse Falling, who um, had wanted to have kids. They couldn't have kids. They decided they were going to take these girls in. And it sounded like Jesse was like somehow distantly related or somehow related to the Slaughter family. Mm-hmm. It's like the Slaughter family. Yeah, that's the worst name Come ever. It's foreshadowing. Um, so, uh, you know, they took her in and her sister, but... Um, there were a lot of problems in the family. So Christine was epileptic. She had like massive seizures. Um, she could be really aggressive. She had really severe developmental delays. And so she never really moved past a sixth grade level. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Who are we talking about? Christine Falling. Is, is the... She is the younger sister of the two. And she was the one okay. who was babysitting this child. Okay. That I talked Thank about you. in the first paragraph of my... You can't see the paragraphs though. Yes. So it's not fair. The mother and the aunt of the baby. Okay. Gotcha. Um... So, um, no, no, no. The baby was not Christine's. Christine was the babysitter. Right. Oh. There you go. So not the mother and the aunt, but the babysitter and her sister. Um, 
So Christine and her sister Carol, they they fought with their adopted parents, the Fallings, like all the time, mm-hmm. violently sometimes. Um, there were like police recorded allegations of sexual abuse in this foster situation mm. with the Falling family. Um, and because of the amount of trauma that they had, like trying to get along as a family, mm-hmm. um, the Fallings gave the two girls up to a, a foster home in Orlando when Christine was nine. Mm-hmm. Um so when she's at this foster home, like they kind of started taking note, like she's, she really likes kittens, but okay. she likes to like throttle them and drop oh. them from heights. And she, she's testing their nine lives. She said when mm. people asked her about it, um, her caretaker said that she lied all the time. She was a habitual liar. She was a compulsive thief. Um, they said she was a child who would break rules to get attention. So, um, you can imagine like she didn't really have any friends. She was also like a large kid, you know, she was like, she was a little heavy set for her age. Um, and like I said, she didn't developmentally progress as quickly as everybody else. So it's not like everybody was super nice to her, Mm -hmm. um, in any situation. So after a year at this foster home, I don't know why they went back to the falling family who had adopted them, but, um, in October 1975, Jesse, the adopted father, allegedly um, beat Christine, like, really severely for being, like, 10 minutes late to get home. Holy fuck. And so he also, like, he insisted the day after that she wear shorts to school so that everybody could see the justice marks that he had given her. That is fucked up. And she was 12. Oh, my God. So um, she and her sister ran away from this foster family. Um she went to her birth mother. She found her birth mother. She was in um, Bluntstown, Florida. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and they did stay a little while. And at 14, she got married to um, a man who was in his mid-20s, who was apparently also her stepbrother. Um, they fought all the time. She at one point threw a 25-pound stereo at his head. And in six weeks, it was over, which is probably a blessing, really, in the right. long run. Um but so, you know, this is just that this is just like the like the introduction to the story. Yeah. That's why I was so confused. I was like, wait a minute. Who who are all these people? And yes. this is just the intro. This is like the maybe this is why Christine is like she is kind of introduction to the story. Right. Damn, Character I'm development. a downer this week. Just be ready, y'all. Yes. Sorry. So um, not sorry. So uh, after she and her husband, 14 years old. Uh, 14. I remember what I was like when I was 14. No way. Oh my God. No way any kind of responsibility since ever crossed my brain. So um, after she divorced her husband at 14, um, she spent the next two years like going to the ER constantly. She was 50 times at the ER for the next two years for all sorts of random shit. So she like, she would go in for bleeding and it would turn out it was just like her period. Oh. I mean, she, she would go in. Was it attention? She was. Or? Yeah, she was always diagnosed. Like she was always discharged with no diagnosis because they thought probably were like people looking back at it are like, okay, Munchausen's. Right. Like you needed someone to pay attention to you. It's so fucking sad, really. Right. Like the whole thing. It's just oh, like yeah, absolutely. You needed someone to pay attention to you. Well, and just the, oh, going through having a husband and all that entails at fourteen is just so fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so 
she she reaches the age of 17 she's five six she's 200 pounds um she doesn't seem to really like have anybody in her life she needs a job she's kind of still if i remember right she's kind of still hanging out around where her mother lived um she's not smart you know she's she probably seemed fairly non-threatening so you know she's 17 years old Mm -hmm. you babysit right that's what you do you know i mean they're like okay well she's smart enough to babysit a kid so you know that's the job she ends up looking for so the story we started with two-year-old cassidy johnson supposedly falls out of her crib while you know she's being watched by this babysitter encephalitis dies three days later Mm. after this death um christine moves to lakeland florida she had been the one who was watching cassidy johnson when she died Mm -hmm. um she moves to Lakeland. She starts babysitting there. Oh, shit. Um, in 1981, she's watching four-year-old Jeffrey Davis when, according to her, he just stops breathing. He just stops. Oh, shit. And um, an autopsy finds that he had um, a heart inflammation, like myocarditis. And they said, well, that's weird. I mean, he has it, but it shouldn't be enough to kill him. But, you know, there's no other condition, so that must be what did it. And... Um, Three days later, his aunt and uncle, Jeffrey's aunt and uncle, are going to his funeral, and they don't want to take their two-year-old son, Joseph, to the funeral. Oh, no. So they leave him with Christine to watch him. Dies during the funeral while napping. Holy fuck. During the funeral. While napping. I hope they connect the dots here. Doctor said, must have a viral infection. Must be some weird, like, you know, maybe she's some kind of weird carrier. Maybe this also accounts for his cousin's death just man happenstance like how the hell does that happen so the closest anybody gets to accusing christine is saying she's like a typhoid mary basically like Mm -hmm. carrying this virus from kid to kid nobody investigated anything um so you know she moves back to perry where um you know she was born she takes a job as a housekeeper for the 77 year old guy william swindle her first day on the job, he falls dead in the kitchen. Oh, my God. They said it's a heart attack. He's so old. Nobody looks any further, right? Like, he's 77. He had a heart attack. Mm. Everybody feels really bad for Christine. Oh, damn. So not long after this, 1981, um, Christine's stepsister has to take her eight-month-old daughter, Jennifer, for just regular vaccination. She's just going for a regular vaccination thing christine goes along on the way home stepsister says i have to stop at the grocery store for diapers really quick runs in comes back out christine's like baby ain't breathing stepsister's like oh man they don't breathe hard it's okay you know you, you might not notice it she looks and she's like baby is blue damn baby ain't breathing take him in they say sids mm. natural causes what dies, the fuck? Dies in Christine what Falling's the, arms. What is she doing? So one year later, 1982, Christine Falling is watching 10-week-old Travis Dwayne Coleman. He's been released from the hospital after being treated for m- pneumonia. One account says, like, his teenage mom just got him home from the hospital, wants to go out and celebrate, so she hired Christine to help. And, you know, Christine picks up the 10-week-old baby, takes him to her trailer with her boyfriend. Baby's dead, dead the next morning. Christine said he just, he just died. He just up and died. The autopsy finally, finally showed suffocation. Mm. And she was 19 fucking years old. Damn. Christine Falling was 19 years old. And she was questioned, like the first time police actually went to her and questioned her. 
confessed to all the murders. Holy shit. She's just like, she confessed to Cassidy Johnson, Jennifer Daniels, Travis Coleman, all three kids. Later, a little bit later, she also confessed to Jeffrey Davis and his cousin who got, who died during his funeral and to the 77 year old guy, like Mm. just a couple of years later. So this is the part that really, (laughs) this is the part that gets me on this one. Like there aren't that many interviews that you can find on this chick, but in, um, like there was a recorded um, interview that police did. And one of the things she said is, I don't know why I done what I done. She said, the way I done it, I seen it done on TV shows. I had my own way though, simple and easy. Nobody would hear him scream. And there was a taped confession. She called it smotheration, what she did to these kids. Um, she said with Cassidy, Christine recalled that they had come inside after playing. And she said she got kind of rowdy or something. Anyway, I choked her till she quit breathing. Jeffrey Davis, he made me mad or something. I was already mad that morning. I just took it out on him and started choking him till he was dead. This little Joseph, this cousin, he was napping. She said, I don't know. I just got the urge and wanted to kill him. Oh, my God. This is why we have baby cams. Right? This her own or like her own stepsister's daughter, Jennifer Daniels, died because, quote, she was continually crying and crying and crying. And it made me so mad. I just put my hands around her neck and choked her till she shut up. Oh, my God. And then um, Travis, she said, I just choked him. No apparent reason, she said. He'd been crying. He hadn't been crying. He hadn't been acting up. He was sleeping. She said, I just picked him up off his pallet and choked him to death and laid him back down. She said, that's all I got to say. I killed him. I don't know why. So this woman... (laughs) Holy fuck. She was found guilty of these three murders in 1982. And December 3rd, she was sentenced to life in prison, has repeatedly been denied parole. And one of one of the youngest female serial killers in U.S. history. Oh, my God. Like, and I'm sitting there and I still am like, how fucked must all of your life been to have been able to do that? Like well, she has no, well, she has no what's the sociopath or whatever it is where they have no connection to to anything holy fuck i told that one fast because that's a rough one yeah that (laughs) is a rough one well i was wondering where you're going with why are we talking so much about the babysitter but yeah now i know Mm. holy fuck get references people (laughs) oh my god get references people Mm. that's scary yeah wow yes there's just no good way to end that one uh yes so, cheers. <laughs> spring break. Spring break. <laughs> spring break. <laughs> Get oh, references. Shit. We have to have something else to say. Do we have anything else to say? Is it wrong to say something funny after we're talking about five children? Uh, I don't know. I think sometimes you have to. Mm. I don't know if I have anything funny. Mm. We're going to record a new listener lore today. Yes, we are. That'll yeah. be... That'll less be depressing than what I just absolutely did. <laughs> or me as well but yeah so <laughs> I think this is definitely wins the Debbie Downer award <laughs> I'm sorry this is what happens when I do fucking aliens one week it's just everything else just gotta come out at right. some point I'm a no. complicated individual <laughs> alright thanks y'all for listening <laughs> thanks I love you I'm sorry bye bye be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the strange South podcast.com or on our website, the strange South.com. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>
Tits, 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 tits. Tits, tits, tits. What? Is that going to make a final cut at the end of her? Tits, tits, tits. We're recording. Stop talking about tits then. At some point, I'm a complicated individual.